Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the 24-7 Sports National Championship Preview. Maybe you're listening to us on the College Football Daily feed, maybe the Bama Online Podcast feed, maybe the Bucknuts Morning 5. My name is Trey Scott, and I'm joined by Charlie Potter of Bama Online and Patrick Murphy of Bucknuts. And we are previewing Monday night's national title game between Alabama and Ohio State. I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes chopping it up with these two and seeing what the, what the big storylines are, what the injury reports are, and maybe at the end we'll get some picks. So we're going to bring both of these guys in right now. Charlie, I want to start with you. You cover Alabama. Just macro, macro-wise, macro is this Nick Saban's best Alabama team he's had? You know, uh, Travis Ryer and I were talking about this literally about an hour ago, and um, a lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of arguments to be made about what is the best Alabama team ever. Um, you know, the 2009 team obviously comes to mind because it went undefeated and not a not a pandemic and you have all the Bear Bryant years and everything like that. But with everything that's going on, the fact that this team has played uh, an all-SEC schedule, so 10 regular season games against SEC competition plus the SEC championship game, against Florida, and then you add in two postseason games against two of the most storied programs in, in college football history, if they're able to win uh, Monday night, I think you know they make a strong case. And not only that, it's, there's going to be a lot of argument about who's the best ever, but this team is probably the most accomplished. Just look at what happened you know, on Thursday night at the College Football Awards. Alabama set a record for seven individual awards. I thought they you might have gotten another with uh, Patrick Chotan as the, the Thorpe winner, but that wasn't the case. But guys like Devontae Smith and Mac Jones and that offensive line have just cleaned up on the awards circuit. And every individual honor and All-American accolade that they can get. So I think it's definitely the most accomplished. And, um, you know, if, if they win Monday, I think they can, you know, have a, a very good claim to best ever. Patrick, for, for Ohio State, while Alabama, this has been a year-long coronation, and Charlie mentioned what was kind of an award sweep, it's been a different story for Ohio State. We've had some doubts that the Buckeyes would even get there, and, of course, the, the Big Ten canceled and, and then brought the season back. And it feels like Ohio State's taken an underdog mentality. Uh, they used it well against Clemson in the Sugar Bowl, and it seems like they're going to need it Monday night against Alabama, and it, it kind of seems like Ryan Day's teams are, are, are fueled by uh, doubt right now. Certainly. And, and kind of the motto for this whole year and even going back to the preseason, you mentioned the, the Big Ten canceling the, the season initially has been fight. And I think that's what the Buckeyes have just preached throughout all of this. You know, whether it was we want to have a season, we think we can do it. We know we have the protocols in place if the rest of the Big Ten gets on board, whether it was, you know, battling through COVID protocols throughout the season and, and having games canceled on them and then having to cancel games themselves or a game themselves, you know, arguing that they should make the Big Ten championship game despite not playing the the requisite number of six games, which was, was no fault of their own. Or then, you know, the, the argument to be in the college football playoff and, and then kind of combating Dabo Sweeney's ranking of them as number 11 and the national narrative that, that maybe they don't belong. Um, that fight mentality has stayed with this team. And you saw it against Clemson. 
in a big way. Um, and now they have to kind of bring that back for a second game here in a little over a week to, to play an Alabama team, as, as Charlie detailed, that's one of the most talented in Alabama history. And, and I think probably if they win Monday night, we'll go down as one of the most talented in college football history. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fight for Ohio state and, and they've done a good job with that this year, but as they've said all week, you know, the job's not done. And uh, that's, that's what they're thinking going into this game in the national championship. So Charlie, while Ohio state's last opponent Clemson was, was totally cool with taking some shots at the Buckeyes ahead of time. I haven't sensed that from Nick Saban this week. I know uh, we, we don't have to talk about it. His daughter was, was tweeting a lot about Ohio State's COVID problems, but what is what, what is Nick Saban, what have Mac Jones, what, what have Najee and Devontae said about this Buckeyes team that is pretty explosive on offense, really good up front on the defensive line, but, but maybe could be taken a little bit in the secondary? Yeah, I mean, they've said all the right things, and that's to be expected. I mean, Alabama's players are, are coached up really well, and you know, Nick Saban doesn't really ever provide any kind of bulletin board material, unlike some others. But um, no, I think that they have a lot of respect for Ohio State's defensive line, their defensive front seven. Um, you know, hearing from guys like Alex Leatherwood and, and Najee Harris and, and Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator, you know, you get that feel right away. And, um, you know, I think it's one of the best in the country. And it's going to be, I think, the key matchup for, for this game is Alabama's offensive line, which, you know, won the Joe Moore Award. It has the Outland Trophy winner and Alex Leatherwood. And the Remington Trophy winner isn't out there in Landon Dickerson, but they have you know, four seniors along that offensive line against that defensive front seven for Ohio State. So, yeah, there's there's been a lot of respect talk. Um, yeah, that's been the the case all season long. I mean, if I think everybody now has seen a lot of Devontae Smith and, and his interviews. Devontae is not going to give you anything. And, you know, that's just kind of been his MO his entire career. And you know, these guys, it's been all business. And that's that's really why they came back. Guys like Devontae and Najee and Alex Leatherwood and even D- Dylan Moses on the defensive side of the ball, they came back to be in this position and you know they're not going to take anything lightly or say anything that might give the other team a, a motivational edge or anything like that. Patrick, did you ever think there was any chance that Justin Fields wasn't going to play? And then after you answer that, give us a give us a scope of Ohio State's roster situation right now as far as injuries and, and COVID goes. Uh, I, I know there's there are a few COVID issues with the Buckeyes right now, but uh, more broadly, the overall health of the team right now situation I don't think was ever really in doubt once he came back into the Clemson game you you saw that he was able to throw though there was certainly the the wincing and pain that was evident um, on the TV broadcast it, it was clear how motivated he was to to play in that game to do well in that game and you know I I think it would have taken the doctors saying you cannot play for him to to miss uh time now of course you get out of that game you you lose some of the adrenaline and whatnot and and see how you feel but you know he's on a mission right now and and i think that you know like i said it, it would take a lot for him to to not play so health-wise he said you know he'll be ready to go ryan day said he felt better than expected the day after the the sugar bowl um maybe had some some more ill effects as the week went on of just being sore and whatnot but Sounds like he'll be fine. You know, I, I think he proved that he can fight through any sort of pain that the ribs or his right side may have after that hit. As for the rest of the team, um, health-wise, as far as we know, things are good. Ohio State releases their status report, which just gives guys that are available, guys or guys that aren't available, I guess, the day of the game. So we'll find out more then. But from everything we're hearing, from a health standpoint, things are fine. There are definitely some COVID cases I think that the reports out there have been exaggerated or, or misreported to some degree 
in terms of the, the number. You know, Ohio State's had this in the building since late uh, November, I guess it is. And, um, you know, it just hasn't really gone away. But I think one thing to remember is a lot of these guys have already gone through it. So, and especially key guys, you know, Chris Olave and Baron Browning and some guys like that that have missed the games after testing positive. So, you know, a, a lot of the guys Ohio State probably needs in this game have have dealt with this already. So, you know, I think for the most part, they will be fine. Um, I do I do think there will probably be a few guys that, that miss out, which is unfortunate and, and, you know, in this year. But it is what it is. The Buckeyes have shown that they can persevere and they'll try and do that again. Yeah, I can't wait till next national championship. We hopefully won't have any talk of the COVID-19 outs. Charlie, I'm tossing back to you for injury talk. I think you know where I'm going with it. I'm going to give you the 100th chance this week to tell everyone what's going on with Jalen Waddell. Yeah, I mean, I think I've I've updated that more than I've uh, written the word Alabama, and, and that's a that's a lot. You know, as of right now, he's practicing, and um, you know that first of all, that's just an accomplishment in and of itself. I mean, the guy fractured his ankle, you know, in the Tennessee game back on October 24th, and uh, it's an injury that Nick Saban likened to to Kenyon Drake when he suffered the the same injury at. Uh, Ole Miss is a scary injury. Obviously, it didn't look as bad, but the the surgery and the recovery process was the same. And and Waddle has been you know, attacking this rehab, and he he wants to play in this game. I think that shows what kind of competitor he is, especially for a guy that he was being projected as a first round draft pick. It's still to be determined. Nick Saban says it's going to be a game day decision, um, and it's going to kind of be up to to Waddle as to how comfortable he feels and how he's able to progress. If he has any soreness in the the ankle and, and things like that, but Nick Saban went out and said he doesn't have a crystal ball. He doesn't know, you know what's going to happen. You know, some guys, you know, when they go out and practice, they're they're sore, and it kind of uh, inhabits them from from doing what they need to do. And some guys, they are able to, you know, build on what they did the first day out at practice, which was Tuesday for Waddle, and progress over the course of the week. So it's going to be something they continue to evaluate, and uh, they're not going to make any kind of prediction at any point. I know we're set to hear from from Saban and, and Ryan Day on Sunday. I, I'd expect him to say the same thing, but you know, that's going to be something you know down in Miami in the press box that all eyes are going to be glued on number 17 to watch him go through pregame warm-ups. And uh, if he's able to play, it adds a, another dynamic playmaker to an already high-powered offense and takes some of the attention off of Devontae Smith. Crazy to think that, as you said, we're even talking about the chance that he plays. I'm going to stick with Charlie. Another big storyline you've had to deal with this week is the news that Steve Sarkeesian, after Monday's game, will be off to the to Austin, Texas, to be the Longhorns head coach. Uh, this is not new for you, Charlie, to to cover a title <laughs> game and and have a key assistant or coordinator already have one foot in another city to be their head coach. Um, Mike Loxley, we we saw this with Lane Kiffin. This is this is old hat. Um, how, how does Nick Saban handle that? Yeah, it would almost uh, not be right to be covering a national championship game and also be covering a, a, an offensive or defensive coordinator moving on to a new job. It, it happens almost every time Alabama is in the national championship game, and that's been a lot over the past five or six years. But it, with Sarkeesian, he's a guy that I think has benefited from from being under Nick Saban. You know, he was able to to be picky with uh, head coaching positions, which is a, a spot that everybody wants to be in. And you know, he landed one of the top jobs in the country at Texas, and uh, you know, I think for him, you know, finishing out this season is, is something that's important to him. I mean, he's guided one of the best offenses that we've seen uh, in in college football history, honestly. And uh, I think it, that he feels it's right to to stick around and to 
you know, help this team try to win a national championship. And we've talked already about COVID-19 and the pandemic, but it actually benefits Alabama in this sense because they don't have a situation where Sark is, you know, going to Austin and coming back to Tuscaloosa, kind of ping-ponging back and forth. He's been in Tuscaloosa, you know, since they uh, got back from the Rose Bowl and most of his attention has been on this national championship game. So I think they're approaching it the right way, whether it, you know, proved to be a distraction or not remains to be seen, but you know, they're saying the right things. And, you know, I think Sark is, is locked in and focused on trying to help Alabama win a national championship. The College Football Daily will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So, Patrick, we're tossing to you now, and Charlie, you're going to get the same question. Let's pretend it's, it's Monday. It's lunchtime. You're an Ohio State fan. Your team's playing tonight for the national title. You probably can't eat very much today. Your nerves are getting the best of you. You're talking to your friend and you say, look, if we can just fill in the blank, we're winning this thing. For the Buckeyes, what is the fill in the blank? To me, it's it's getting stops defensively at the, at the right time. And that was what Ohio State did really well against Clemson. You know, they didn't stop the Tigers' offense. You know, Trevor Lawrence threw for 400 yards. Um, I, I imagine Mac Jones will, will have a big day passing the ball. But they were able to get stops, especially in that second quarter. When it mattered, it turned the ball back over to the offense. The offense was able to score points. The momentum really shifted in, in that period there. And then the rest of the game was was kind of chalk. I think this is going to be a similar game. I, I don't think the scoreline will be nearly as, as big, but I think that you need to, either team really needs to get these important stops and important times that shift momentum of the game or prevent the other team from scoring after you just scored. I think that's going to be really important because to me, neither of these defenses are of the elite level that we've seen before. And, and maybe that's not even really a thing in college football with the way offenses are this in this era. So, you know, if, if you can get the, the timely stops, then I think you have a chance to, to win the game and, uh, you know, help help yourself because both teams are going to score. I don't think we have any doubt about that. Charlie, for, for Alabama, you mentioned the trenches are really big. Is that the main key? Is, is there something Ohio State can do maybe offensively that stresses Bama out in a way they haven't faced this season? What do you think is, is the number one key, and what do you think Alabama really has to prevent from happening? Yeah, I think it's very important that Alabama's defensive line plays really well. Um, you know, Ohio State has a very strong rushing attack. It's probably the best that they've seen all season. And they've done a good job of, of keeping other teams' ground games in check. Uh, the Really, the, the one game where that kind of got out of hand was Ole Miss, and we saw what Ole Miss was able to do offensively against Alabama. So keeping guys like Trey Sermon you know, under wraps and applying consistent pressure on Justin Fields I think is, is important because even though the injury is not going to hold him out of the game, you, you hit him a couple times in the midsection, and he's going to be maybe a little hesitant. So I think that that's the situation where Alabama wants to get consistent pressure and be able to contain those running backs. If they're able to do that, I think that the, the defense feels much better and they get the, get the ball back to, to the offense and let them do their thing. All right, so two-question warning. In two questions, I will be asking for winner predictions. If, if you have a score on the top of your head, great, but just, just mull that over in the back of your mind. I always like to, to ask about when I'm doing a joint interview, ask about like the level of, of beef. Ohio State and Alabama, 
two national powerhouses. I'm, I'm pretty surprised they haven't played since the 2014 playoff game in which Ohio State won. Patrick, up there in Columbus, like how do they view Alabama rivals, you know, peers, uh, the team that you'd you'd like to knock off and, and prove you're on the exact same level with? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of the the last one that you said. I mean, with the success that Alabama's had, you know, Ohio State fans feel like they should be on that level, but just haven't been. I mean, Ohio State's obviously been on the top tier of college football, but you know, once Ohio State won that 2014 national championship, I think Buckeye fans assumed, okay, we're going to be in this thing every year. This Alabama matchup is going to happen a lot. We're going to be going head to head with Saban and and we'll be kind of what Clemson actually became, you know, a, a team that, you know, was able to play in the national title against Bama multiple times and, and win a couple. And that just hasn't happened for various reasons. So I think that this is an, an opportunity in Ohio State fans' eyes and, and probably in the team's eyes as well, that we should want to show that, that we belong, that we're back in this thing um, by winning this game and kind of building from here as I don't want to say a national power. Ohio State is a national power, but in that very, very elite tier that recently has been Alabama and Clemson and everyone else has kind of been right below that. Charlie, from your perspective, how does Alabama sort Ohio State as one of the many, many teams who who want that perch? There's Clemson, there's there's Georgia, which I understand there's a, a a pretty high level of acrimony between the two. There's LSU. Is is Ohio State somebody that everyone focuses on 12 months of the year or, or just when they, they're, they're set to play each other? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a shame that these two teams don't play as frequently. You look and, you know, outside of that 2014 uh, season, which happened in, down in New Orleans and, and Ohio State was able to win it, they haven't played since the 90s. So uh, I think this is a, a matchup that people want to see more. I think, you know, they're looking forward to the matchup down the road for the home-and-home home series. But as far as just, you know, rivalry or how they feel about Ohio State, I, I think they're looking forward to the matchup. You know, me, honestly, as, as someone that uh, has, has covered plenty of national championship uh, games and, and college football playoff matchups, it's kind of refreshing not to cover an Alabama Clemson game this year. To, so to see someone different and to cover a, a game of a different matchup is is nice. And I think for Alabama, though, just entering this game, they're more focused on you know getting back to the top. The last time they were in this spot, you know, they were embarrassed by Clemson in that national championship game out in California. And last year, they lost two games and they didn't play in a New Year's Six Bowl. And it's crazy, but you know, an eleven and two season is something that every player uh, references a disappointing year. So I think that's really what this team and this fan base is is kind of talking about is just you know getting back uh, to the top of the the mountain. I think they have respect for Ohio State, and uh, we don't have the Ohio State Clemson beef to deal with that they they had a week ago. But uh, yeah, I think that if this game had been postponed because of COVID issues, I think it'd been different. But mm. you know, sounding like it's going to happen uh, as scheduled, I think that that they're okay. I think something you casually mentioned there, the fact that like having covered multiple national championships speaks to what Patrick was saying about like, look, Ohio State is a national powerhouse. Ohio State does make the playoff more years than they don't, but. As far as playing for the national title game, they'd, they'd like to see that clip improve. Patrick, score prediction time. But before we do that, like I, I want your honest, your honest answer here. Did you, did you have the Buckeyes beating Clemson to start? No, I didn't. I think I had a ten point Clemson game. Um, I was the only one of of our Bucknuts staff members to pick Clemson, which did not make me popular on uh, on the front row message boards. But uh, you know, I thought that it would be just. The, the fact that Clemson had played a full season and Ohio State had essentially played half a season would be the difference. And what I thought would be a relatively close game, but thought Clemson would, would end up pulling away a little bit. And uh, I, w- I was wrong. And, you know, because I'm here talking with you guys, I was happy to be wrong. 
Yeah. So I would assume you're picking Ohio State on Monday then. I'm not. Actually. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. I, as I just, I, I just sent in to Charlie our uh, our questions back and forth. I'm taking Alabama in a close one. I haven't done an, an actual score. You know, I just think I said earlier. I think that it's going to come down to the team making that, that gets the stops at key times. And watching Alabama this last week, going back through some of the games, I think this defense has improved. And I just haven't seen enough improvement from Ohio State secondary to see them stopping. You know, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, uh, you know, if, if Jalen Waddell can can contribute, that just adds another weapon. John Michi, these guys, I, I think it's just going to be a little bit too much for the Buckeyes in this one. But I do think it's going to be a really good game. I think, you know, this will be a game people watch that gets replayed down the road, regardless of the outcome. Patrick, you're flirting with being a, a villain up there if you go over yeah, two. I think I, I think they'll you know be pretty happy that you, that you do, but I don't think they'll forget it. So I thought you might have just picked Ohio State just to <laughs> just to hedge your bets. Charlie, yes or no? You're picking Alabama. I am picking Alabama. Okay. I've learned uh, I've learned for a while now that if you pick against Alabama, it does nothing but bad things for you for our message board. So I just I just usually chalk it up. And honestly, I mean, you you mentioned you know me kind of throwing that you know humble brag about covering. So many national championship games. It's just it's the expectation. I mean, it's the top program in college football, and then that's what you expect to see. So you know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to to really pick against this team because they rarely lose a game. Charlie, I'm pulling up William Hill Sportsbook right now. I think the latest line was eight and a half. So you're obvious, yeah, eight and a half. So yes, you're picking them. No surprise. You've covered this team all year, every single game. You think they cover eight and a half? My prediction, uh, I always look at the the spread. I, I went with 38-31, which will be up on the site um, you know, later this weekend or maybe Monday morning. But um, I, I think that I, I agree with what Patrick has said. I think it's going to be close. And uh, I think that you know, the defenses are going to get some stops. But I just think with Alabama's offense and, and what they've been able to do all season and the guys on that offense that are making the plays are the guys that came back uh, to right the wrong. Guys like Devontae Smith and Najee Harris and – they're just so balanced on that offensive side of the ball. And, and Mac Jones is so efficient and effective that I think they'll be able to score more points. And uh, I think they'll rely on that defense to, to maybe get some stops and, and force some turnovers to, to get the ball back to them. So I have Alabama winning, like I said, and it's a, it's a seven-point margin in my book at 38-31. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, it was great. You guys both do great work at BAM Online and at Bucknuts. Make sure you're listening to their podcast, the BAM Online podcast, the Bucknuts Morning 5 podcast. Uh, we have so many great podcasts on our network in addition to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting and the Late Kick with Josh Pate. You guys enjoy covering the game, and I'll talk to you all soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.